You're listening to Rambling with Ryu, hosted by Bean, the co-founder of Ryu Paralysis Recovery Center living with a T10 spinal cord injury, and Nancy, a professional kinesiologist specializing in pediatric and adult neurorehabilitation. Welcome to our activity-based therapy series, where we talk to leading clinicians, researchers, and those with lived experience as we explore the realm of neurorecovery. On this podcast, we educate on the lesser-known topics and give practical tips and tricks to help elevate your practice. Today, Nancy and I, we're going to be talking about activity-based training and all the different types of equipment that we use and what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and everything else. So I guess, Nancy, why don't we just start talking about how we first started? We started with very minimal equipment when you and I started working out back in 2013. Yeah. So, I mean, for those that don't know, I was a mobile trainer. So I drove around to people's houses and different locations and brought with me everything that I needed, basically. So I functioned with very little. Whatever I could carry with my arms is what I took with me. So as you can imagine, that's not very much. I think the beauty of starting that way allowed me to get very creative and be very adaptive to whatever I had and whatever I needed. We always kind of joke that we train our trainers with just a tickle trunk. What that means is with minimal equipment to make the best trainers because your brain is your biggest asset, your creativity, your ability to adapt to whatever you have. It's not necessarily that you need a lot of equipment. The equipment is nice, but it's can be a limiting factor if you're trained with the equipment because then you can't think outside of the box. So just some pros and cons to learning as a trainer or specialist within an environment where you have access to everything. So how we started, we started with basically yoga block, resistance bands. I kind of brought whatever else we needed. Most people have access to either a bed or the floor or a plank. I mean, some people have massage tables in their houses and stuff. I never ended up bringing a massage table with me to any client's house. So we just used whatever they had there in terms of whatever space we had to work out on. Most people have chairs at their house. So that's always great. Couches, that kind of thing. So instead of using plyo boxes to kneel at, we'll kneel at a couch on the floor. Most people have some sort of cushions or mats, like you can use pillows instead of, you know, Eric's pads and that kind of thing. So you change and adapt everything as you go. I created a knee blocker. So it's basically a foam roller with some metal rods through it to maintain the shape and integrity of that foam roller when I was out with some wrist injuries. So I created that and took that with me and that's still being used within Ryu today. Aside from that, I mean, I think we had some gate belts hanging around, but I mean, my hands are my biggest tool for a lot of what I do. So it's a lot of manual manipulation and supporting and that kind of thing. So knowing how to use your body and the physics that work to your advantage in certain scenarios and stuff like that. I mean, I've picked up little things here and there, but at the same time, like I didn't use a lot of actual equipment like most people have some sort of like dumbbells and like small weights and stuff like that but I mean from both sides the neuro piece and connection is your brain so that's your big tool I don't know did I miss anything else Bean? Yeah no you're right that's all the stuff we used I did have a Bowflex it was an ultimate two but it's not very user-friendly for paraplegics (laughs) so we didn't really use that much Also, we had to move it upstairs into my bedroom upstairs. So we had room in the kitchen for my 
table that my brother built, the plinth, which we got a lot more use out of for sure. And then, yeah, I ended up buying a spin bike from Walmart and it was only like 150 bucks. It wasn't really anything crazy, but we used that almost every day and we brought it to Ryu and used it there. So we got a lot of use out of that. And then I think as the time went on, Nancy, you would just like find random things on your travels and you would just like start storing things at my house. First, it was, I think the biggest thing was the vibration plate when you found that and brought, well, first you were trucking it around with you to different people's houses and then it started living at my house. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, a, it was a solid 50 pound vibration plate. It's great. We still have it at Ryu actually. So <laughs> it's, it's uh, put in its time and we hope it never dies. <laughs> Yes, we hope for sure. I think like what people also might want to know is like that you find things in such random places on Kijiji, Value Village, Amazon is a good place where we get a lot of our like small random things because a lot of this stuff when you're looking at the specialized version of it is just so expensive for what it is. Yeah, so I mean, I like to find mainstream like pieces of equipment and just find it how it works for her. like the medical side is just so expensive like Bean was saying right so let's say we're looking for something to work your abs for the medical population whereas I can go find something mainstream and be like okay if I adapt it in this way or this way then it's going to do the exact same thing that's more what I look for just because then it's much more affordable there are only a few things which I don't think you could replicate for the able-bodied population so then you have to specialize but yeah most things if you know what you're looking for know what you want to achieve you can easily get it mainstream my favorite are the ones from china that come labeled as like a swimsuit and it's not a swimsuit at all it's an arm exercise machine or we got our hippotherapy so our horse from china and it was marketed to the general public for toning your arms and your abs. And you're like, okay, cool, right? So to get it on a decent price from somewhere else, you just have to kind of almost go down a big wormhole to find this stuff. Because it is pretty hidden as well. I will say that. Yeah, it definitely takes a person who's good at Googling, like you are, to find a lot of these random things that we have come across. Also, most of our equipment at Ryu is mainstream stuff, like you were saying, the ski erg, our rowing machine, um, squat racks. I mean, our Smith machine we found on Kijiji, which was a really good deal. I think there's a lot of ways you can, like you said, just find mainstream stuff and adapt it. And that's one of your really big strengths, Nancy, is being able to stay outside that box. Like, I don't think anybody could ever fit you inside any box. <laughs> Well, I hope not. It'd be interesting to try. <laughs> but it just goes back to, right, the only limitation to a great program is the person who's building that program, right? So your ability to adapt and to change and do it all kind of on the fly. Because, I mean, even from day to day, things change and what's available might also change depending on how many trainers you have working at one specific location and that kind of thing. So being able to adapt on the fly you know, we've been saying like the additional equipment is nice, but not necessary to carry out an effective program, right? So what's absolutely necessary for any program? Well, as we've learned over the pandemic, you don't actually need anything, right? So that's one thing that we really hone in on is what's the foundation behind what you're trying to achieve? It's that brain muscle connection. If you can hone in on that, the sky's the limit. So I think realizing that and then taking that into context of whatever setting you're in and you can help elevate 
your programming and your training through the equipment around you. And that's, I think, really something to remember is what you have access to can help elevate and promote more recovery, but the foundation has to be there. You need the foundation. That's the knowledge base. That's all the information that you take and understand to reprogram and rewire and however it is that we're changing the nervous system because we don't actually know the full neuroscience behind it. That's always in progress and learning and it's changing kind of month by month. And it's been crazy this last couple of years of what we now understand about the nervous system. But coming back down to the programming, use what's around you to help elevate your foundational programming that we know works to really help accelerate and create that change that we're looking for with every client we work with. Yeah, and that's what we saw was a really big success for all of our clients who took part in our online sessions. When COVID happened, we were forced to change and we started offering online sessions as we've talked about before. And everyone was very skeptical about, well, how is this going to work if no one's there to move my legs for me. And it's just like, yeah, well, that's the beauty of it. You you got to find out how you're going to move your legs. And like we've said before, a bunch of people were thriving on the online sessions because all of that was put on you. And you had to do the most important part of activity-based training, which is the brain work, the AAE, the connecting and really focusing and finding those muscles and quieting everything else down. That's the magic of it. Definitely. So Nancy, you said, you know, we do use a lot of mainstream kind of type of equipment. And you said there are some things that can't be replicated and you do have to specialize for. What are some examples of those? Yeah, for sure. So I think the light gate, so that's our body weight support system. That's something that unfortunately is not going to be mainstream that you can just get, you know, off the shelf just because it's not a in demand for everyone. So that's one thing for sure. Like any of our supportive like walkers and medical type equipment those as well are not mainstream so to speak walkers because they are more commonly used in the community are better priced so anything that can be considered like rare would be more of a specialty so every one in a thousand people need it then it would be much more expensive i know like even our treadmills are a little bit more expensive just because they start at a lower speed, have different requirements just for our light gate and body weight support system that kind of go together. And aside from that, there's not a whole lot that is super specialty, which is nice. I'm sure there is stuff that we could get that is much more specialized, but we can adapt pretty much everything else we need. I think the standing frame, I guess, would be the only other thing that I can think of off the top of my head that's really specialized. So it's basically... uh, device which helps you fully stand up and it supports you into that standing position. So again, these pieces of equipment do run fairly expensive, unfortunately. But yeah, they do have their place and have a purpose behind them. They definitely take some of the load off of the trainers and specialists and allow us to do some pretty cool things. Yeah, and in a very safe manner too, so everybody feels secure uh, using those pieces of equipment. Okay, what would you say is your favorite piece of equipment to work with? Let's say for kids and then also for adults. Hmm, I mean, that is a great question because I think especially for kids, it changes kid to kid. (laughs) I think 
the atmosphere we've created is makes it really fun. But as far as a piece of equipment, I mean, I think there's some pieces of equipment I utilize pretty much within every session. Just because it does make the biggest difference for the kids. So I would say the DMI boxes and wood sets that we have, I use pretty much with every single kid. And it has been making the world of a difference in terms of their development, gross motor, fine motor, just cognitive as well. So I think I'd have to say for kids, that would be my favorite just because we're seeing the benefits from it in terms of fun. I would say our sensory gym is another one of my favorite pieces of equipment just because it allows kids to experience the vestibular in a safe manner kind of thing. So those would be my top two, I guess. For adults, hmm, I think it has changed over time. Yeah, I guess thinking about the equipment we have, I think for the adult side, my favorite would have to be the combo twist. Just because it is so versatile, you can use it in kneeling, you can use it in standing, you can use it in sitting, you can work arms, you can work legs. So I think just for the versatility, I really like it. You can have them sitting in and facing out and so many different ways in which you can use it. And you can work, like I said, the upper extremity, lower extremity as well. Yeah, you do use it a lot. Okay, my favorite piece of equipment, I love the hip glute machine. That's my favorite. I like that you can isolate your glutes and you can stack on the weight so you can actually build up muscle mass on our butt. And we lose our muscles so fast and it's, it's so hard to build it up. But that was a great find that you found in the interwebs of the internet. Unfortunately, they don't make them anymore. They only make them for able-bodied people. But that's my absolute favorite piece of equipment that we have. Yeah, I guess like one piece of equipment we didn't talk about is the free motion. Do you want to go over that a little bit? Yeah, so it's just a mobile pulley system. So it is fairly heavy, but it basically locks into place to the floor wherever you put it, which is nice. It's super versatile, obviously. The only limitation is your own creativity with it. So you can use it to work arms, to work legs, to work core. You can put it in front of the client, behind the client, beside the client. So using it in a lot of different ways. And you can combine it with other pieces of equipment. I know I've used it, you know, in standing with clients, working on crunches and back extensions. And I've seen other trainers use on our hip glutes so they're lying on their back and they're using it with arms or with legs working on knee flexion knee extension shoulder flexion shoulder extension so there's a lot of ways in which you can work with it and uh, two combining the pieces of equipment right so multiple pieces of equipment together I know at the combo twist there's other trainers that use the vibration plate I'll be sitting on the vibration plate while they're using the combo twist so there's a lot of different ways in which the pieces of equipment are mixed and matched and really used to, like we said before, elevate your sessions and maximize recovery potential within that session. Yeah, and there's another, well, I mean, we use these a lot and it's something we haven't talked about yet, but do you want to touch on the importance of bolsters? Yeah, so bolsters are basically like, different shaped pillows that help support the clients in specific positions. So we use them primarily in hands and knees, kneeling, those positions where you're at risk of a higher injury. So the injury would be you falling backwards onto your heels, like your bottoms, you're sitting on your heels. And so when you don't have 
muscle mass to support your joints, you falling backwards can actually lead to fractures and lead to ligament damage and tendon damage and things that we really want to avoid. So they're more of a safety and they definitely support in many different positions. So we can use them on your back and sideline. We also use like memory foam and different things to support joints if we need extra padding, but very critical. And I would say that is one thing if you're starting up in in any facility or field of activity-based therapy, you do need bolsters for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you can find yoga bolsters online. They are a little bit pricier or you can find somebody who makes pillows. We got a girl who's um, local here and she reupholstered a lot of our bolsters and made new ones so that they're wipeable and so that we could clean them between clients as COVID has forced us to change a lot of things. Yeah. And being having gone to other facilities, was there any equipment that you saw at specific places that just wasn't utilized? Oh, yeah, good question. Yeah, actually, there was quite a few pieces of equipment in a lot of the facilities that I've went to that they just don't use and they just sit there and collect dust. Some of them, like when I went to California, like their facility, first of all, was massive, right? It was 24,000 square feet. So that's huge. And so, I mean, they had a sauna that never worked. And so that was always out of order. They had a bunch of like really specialized equipment that was very specific to like certain things. They never used any of those. And so I think, you know, that's one thing that we saw there, Nancy, that we made sure what we didn't want to happen at Ryu is to have equipment that collects dust and nobody uses. But yeah, the main things that most trainers use is the tables. It is the smaller stuff, right? Uh, the light gate, obviously, bodyweight support, treadmill training. Standing frames are always used. One of the racks in California that I really liked was the Kaiser rack. And because they would put me in a supported bridge and just like leave me there for 15 minutes. And it was so nice. Such a good feeling to have that back bend. I really missed that actually. But yeah, most of the gyms have the same kind of equipment. Some have doubles and triples of them, uh, depending on their client load. FES is something that a lot of gyms or centers like ours have. We don't have an FES bike simply because there's so many within our community that people can access. But that's something that we haven't really touched on. Yeah, so FES is just another one of those specialized pieces of equipment that's really catered to our specific demographic. All right. Well, Nancy, do you have anything else to add about our chat about equipment? I don't think so. I think the main takeaways are you don't really need a lot to carry out a successful activity-based therapy program, right? Use your brain, use your muscles. Obviously, equipment does help elevate your program, but to realize it's there to help elevate your programming. It's not there to, you know, compensate for your lack of foundational knowledge. It's there to accent it, to help it, and to really provide maximal recovery for your clients. Perfect. And to end off, I will just say, try your best to stay outside that box, be creative, share your ideas. And yeah, like Nancy said, use your hands and your brain and physics to your advantage. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. As always, we would greatly appreciate if you could subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, as this helps us increase our reach. And stay tuned for another episode coming at you in two weeks.